Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We just form a fucking wall. O'Neal deep in the post, lots of contact there. Oh, what a block by Wallace! What a jump ball! He's down four, 12 8, 7 38 to play the first one. First from Rodney, stuck into the rim! Reggie inside for Andre, and a dynamite dunk! Pistons fans, welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mike Anguilano, and joining me as always is, well, except for last week, is Aaron Johnson. Aaron, how are you doing, buddy? Well, I was actually wondering if I was going to get the call back this week. You know, I, I heard Jasper from a lot of people did such a great job. So I was worried I wasn't going to get the call back. Uh, I didn't know if you were maybe going to dump me for Jasper, but I think we're going to have to find a way to get Jasper on here more often because the people seem to love him from the reviews that I'm getting. And maybe that just means I suck, but uh, either way (laughs) I'm here this week and I'm happy to be back. So I'm ready to, to talk about these Pistons that are just tanking so hard to the bottom. It, it really is a race to the bottom. And no, you are irreplaceable. Everybody in our uh, Palace of Pistons chat is irreplaceable. But yes, we'll definitely have to get Jasper on and a couple other guys here to talk about some draft stuff. So definitely something to look forward to. But uh, yeah, you had mentioned the tank to the bottom is, boy, it's like uh, it's like an Acme anvil just plummeting. And you have the typical whistling noise and uh, we still have not hit the bottom yet. It, it has not hit the ground, but it's continuing to fall. Not even graciously. Not even graciously one bit. I mean, that Orlando, really the Cavs-Orlando game and then the Pistons-Orlando game, those are those were two games that were ESPN-worthy for how important it is to getting Kate Cunningham. Yeah, a couple big, big losses for Detroit. And I don't know, I just – Look, Detroit is not going to get the number one odds. I wouldn't bet on Houston losing a game the rest of the – or winning a game the rest of the season. Looking at their schedule, I mean, they still got to play the Sixers, the Jazz, the Lakers, the Blazers. So all teams that are either good or teams that are good but still need to win and have a lot to prove. So I wouldn't bet on them to win another game this year. Right now, Detroit is just trying to cling on to either the two or three spot so that they can have the equal or, you know, still have the top odds for a number one pick. So they just got to continue to lose games. Those losses to the Magic, a big loss to Charlotte on uh, Tuesday, which I get, you know, Charlotte's not right there with Detroit for, lottery odds charlotte's actually a play-in team but that's a playoff that team that detroit almost won and it's big when they they still find a way to lose when it's a game that they probably should have won uh so that's that's why i still consider it a big loss yeah i don't think i would bet on the rockets or the Cavs winning a game the rest of the way but if i was going to bet i would most definitely use bet online and bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action, Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets. And it's free to sign up. We always like free stuff, right? You can go and head on to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's 
betonline.ag and head on over to the website, use your mobile device, and you can sign up, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. I didn't know if you were throwing softball up f- for me to do that ad because you said bet within the first like five sentences of talk about the Rockets. But if that was unintentional, then maybe it's starting to seep subconsciously in your brain to talk about betting because that was perfectly placed. Look, man, I'm, I'm like a month and a half out of 21. I'm ready to start betting. I got my buddies telling me, oh, I'm laying down this sick parlay tonight. Oh, I just hit my parlay. Oh, I just did this. I put two bucks in. I want 30 bucks. So I'm, I'm ready to get in on that. I'm ready to start, you know, throwing down some, some Detroit Pistons parlays on all the crazy, crazy things. I'm just ready to get into it. Bet online. Hey, that's a place where you can, you can bet. And I, I threw it up for you, but it's also in the back of my mind. How about that? It's a little bit of both. Okay. A little, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Yes. We'll have to have a birthday podcast or, you know, maybe a day after birthday podcast to assess how you're feeling um, for the big two one. Um, speaking of two one, I don't know how old Sacred boy is. I was really hoping that you had his age handy and ready, but I don't think he is 21 yet, he but is. you know what he is? Oh, he is. No, no. He's 20 still. He's not. He's 20. Okay. Well, he isn't 21, but he is starting to improve. Um, he is finally getting a little bit of a larger role. He's beginning to show some signs of developing. And he's one of the guys that I believe I mentioned last week with Jasper, and I'm, I'm sure we have mentioned in, in previous podcasts. He's a guy who needs to make the most of these minutes. I believe I talked with Jasper last week about players who have the most to prove at the end of the season or with the remaining handful of games. And he's on the top of my list. Jasper also said Josh Jackson, which I think is fair. But Sekou's really got to show some signs. He's played 27 or more minutes in each of the last four, four games. He's also started in those four games. Jeremy Grant has also been out. So that has freed up some, some time at, at the four. Against the Hornets, he shot very well from the floor, nine of 15 overall. He had 20 points, eight boards. Um, against, you know, a pretty good Hornets team, a playoff Hornets team. Um, so, Aaron, what, what are your thoughts on Seiko Dumboya starting to show some signs of life here at the outset of the season? It's it's really, really important. And I, I get that he is still just 20 years old. I mean, the fact that he is younger than me is actually pretty scary. I'm so used to these these players being older than me. I'm, I'm not – Quite a That's the first sign, my friend, of, uh-oh, I'm not that young anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, not too comfortable with, with these guys being younger than me now. It, it doesn't feel right, but it just goes to show you how young he is. And I think a lot of people need to remember he did not get a full rookie year last year. Uh, COVID really changed things in a way that no one could have anticipated, you know, for all of these rookies, but Seku coming to a new country, he's not been playing basketball his whole life. He gets stranded in a foreign country to him in the middle of his league season, his rookie year. And all of a sudden it's over just like that. And he comes back this year, obviously, and he has not lived up to expectations. He's not improved. Uh, to a point where people are comfortable, myself included. But he's finally starting to turn it around a little bit. And and 
he's played over 30 minutes in his last two games. Like you mentioned, he started his last four games. He's just playing better basketball. I mean, he's, he's looking a lot more confident with the ball in his hands. He's attacking the basket more, which is something that I've been clamoring for him to do because when he decides to attack the basket, you know, and he, he just goes towards the rim. He's, he's so much more likely to make an impact and, that is where he is going to find a lot of his success is going at the rim. I mean, this is a guy that is six, nine has a good wingspan is athletic. He can finish down low. And, and something that I tweeted during the Charlotte game is something for him to work on in the off season is really working on his finishing at the rim. He needs to cure that Andre Drummond illness where he just goes up softly and is trying to lay it up. He needs to go up and dunk it again, long athletic, use that to your advantage and go at the rim with strength. That's something that Andre Drummond still doesn't do that enough. And I don't want that to become a similar problem for, for Sekou Dumboya. Uh, The shooting obviously still has some ways to go way too many games where he's, you know, Oh, three, Oh, four, one of four, one of five from the three point line. Uh, That's, something that needs to improve, but he's just starting to make more basketball plays. That's something that's important for a guy that hasn't been playing basketball his whole life. Uh, I think he looks more comfortable on the floor. I think he looks even more comfortable when he's sharing the court with Killian Hayes. Uh, There is a player in Sekou Boya. He's not fully there, and this isn't uh, all of a sudden, okay, Sekou Boya is good, no need to worry. Like He has still largely had a very, very unproductive second year and he still has a lot of things he needs to do to prove that he is legitimately turning the corner and, and belongs in the discussion of being a part of the Pistons core moving forward. But what he's done over about the last week or so is, is intriguing. It's, it's good to see. And it's something that the Pistons should continue to, to, to capitalize on moving forward, continuing to feed him minutes, continuing to feed him shot opportunities. I mean, he has had 10 or more shot opportunities in each of his last four games. You know, when's the last time that that's been the case? When's the last time, you know, he's gone out there and just said, hey, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to get my shots. Because outside of that, he's only shot 10 or more times, three times this year. That's That's it. Every other game he's played in, he's been under double-digit shot at times. Uh, so just continuing right. to, to, to allow him to build on what he's been doing it, it, it is going to be so important for him over these you know, last handful of games of the year. So Jeremy Grant has missed the last four games. And Sekou has had at least 27 minutes in each of those last four games. He had 34 minutes against the Hornets. In those four games, which were all losses, um, by the way, got to do it for the tank. He's averaging 30 minutes a game, 12 points, five boards, one and a half assists, shooting 46% from the floor, 18% from three-point land. He's three for 16 from deep. You know, you mentioned making basketball moves. That that really is the first step. For a guy who was so disassociated, um, it looked like, on the floor, you know, we can't be – I mean, obviously, you'd love for him to shoot better, but right now it's a matter of, like you said, using that length, getting his confidence up, um, exerting himself physically, um, like we know that he's capable with that size. 
and we go on from there. You know, it, it's a matter of getting, it's a matter of using those physical tools first, and then you can see what you have in him offensively. Um, I mean, 18.8% is pretty disappointing. And if, you know, if we extrapolate this out a little bit further, it's probably right around there for the whole season. Um, but you're right. He, he has not taken more than 10 shots since yada, 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 got to go all the way down on my handy dandy chart here since January 23rd against Philadelphia. Uh, he shot the ball exactly 10 times. So he has not taken that many shots up until now. He's going to get the minutes to show what he can do. Um, so I, I am looking forward to it. No, it's not, it's not too early. I'm sorry. It's not too late for Seku and it's not time to give up on him, but you want to see him continue this. You know, you want to see him continue to exert that sort of force. Um, I got to pull up the piston schedule to see the remaining opponents that are left, but um, has anything stood out from him on the court in particular uh, that, that you'd like to see him build up on, or, or is it just the physical tools and the confidence? Well, I think he just looks a lot comfortable playing. I mean, he's, he's, you watch that that Charlotte game from Tuesday, and he's he's making moves. He's going at the rim. He's putting the ball on the floor, doing things that we really have not seen him do. And the thing with this is, you know, we've seen other guys that the Pistons have had over the years have these flashes, right? A guy that really comes to mind is Stanley Johnson. You know, he had stretches where he was shooting the ball well and. He was getting uh, Stanley in there game and, and he was, he was having, you know, a, a good week or two, but then it went right back to the can't put the ball in the hole. Isn't making shots from the outside. Isn't getting to the free throw line. So it's, it's, it's certainly about consistency. And that's why it's so important that this just doesn't go away now that all because Jeremy Grant's coming back or maybe Seku moves back to the bench uh, it's got to continue he's got to end the season strong take that into the offseason and build on it because year three that's really going to be the make or break year for 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 him at least in my opinion I I wasn't going to give up on him this year albeit this was in in totality a really rough year for him I wasn't going to give up on him so he needs to try to end this season as strong as he can and, and take that into the off season. So that year three, I'm not, you know, there's no guarantee he's going to be on the roster next year, but assuming he is, you know, he's got to take this off season and, and really kind of put it together so that he can be an impact player next year. The remaining schedule for the Pistons is they play uh, the Memphis Grizzlies tomorrow night. That'd be Thursday. That's a home game. They play Philadelphia. They play the Bulls, they play the Timberwolves, the Nuggets, and finish off the season on the 16th of May against the Miami Heat. So that's a few playoff teams, um, the Bulls and Wolves notwithstanding. Um, so that's some competition that, and you know, there's just a, enough of a glut in both conferences that I don't foresee the Nuggets benching everybody for a rest day or the Heat benching everybody for a rest day. There is still playoff seeding to be had. So I foresee. Seku being able to go up in, you know, in some tougher matchups against some playoff teams and being able to, you know, face some, some pretty stiff competition. Um, this offseason will be a very important one for him. 
mostly because like you said, you know, year three, um, he got a pass the first year because of COVID. He gets half of a pass this year because of COVID. And there's been a lot of, a lot of injuries around the league because of COVID. There's been a lot of changed schedules, a lot of rearranged off seasons. And, you know, the Pistons weren't, weren't in the bubble. So they went an extensive amount of time without really practicing or playing period. Um, so there's a little bit of, of the benefit of the doubt, but now that we've gone through, a, you know, a truncated season, he hasn't shown much growth when the other young guys have. He's going to get an offseason coming up, and the pressure is going to start to mount. You know, especially when the Pistons add a, you know, ideally a top three pick at, at at least, and start to really, you know, determine what pieces are going to be here for the next playoff team. You really hope that Seku has has done enough this offseason to be part of that conversation. Right, and and that's the thing, like. If, if anything, we know Troy Weaver's not going to sit around and wait for someone. Like, if, if he's not going to show it, Troy Weaver's going to go get someone else. You know, look at what happened with Fima Hailu. Wasn't having the best season, had some legitimate opportunity, and what did, what did Troy Weaver do? Well, you're not my guy anyway. I'm going to go get one of my guys. And he went in and he brought in Hamadou Diallo, and we've seen how that's gone so far. Now, he's not going to wait around and, and that doesn't mean well that if Seku doesn't put it together here that he won't put it together somewhere else but it won't happen here if he doesn't put it together soon because the Pistons just are not at least currently an organization that's that's sitting around with their talent and just oh they're playing bad oh well like look at the rookies Isaiah Stewart Sadiq Bay have both had very productive seasons. Even a guy like Saban Lee for where he was drafted and, and for what your expectations were. Like, he's come in. He's had some decent decent games. Right. Like, they're just not going to be okay and just be all right with, with Seiko not coming in next year and, and giving them something meaningful. So, that's why I, I think it's just so important that he can finish out this season strong. Give him the minutes. I mean, he should get that opportunity. He even talked about it. Like, I know I'm getting minutes. I know I'm going to get that opportunity no matter what. And I'm playing free because of it. So, you know, get continue to give him that opportunity the rest of the way and, and let him try to end this season to recover from such a poor year as, as best as he can so that next year hopefully he takes you know the 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 experience that he's had and has developed enough in the offseason and worked on some of the things that he needs to work on the most so that he can be a part of Detroit's future moving forward because again this is a guy that is 69 is athletic is long like he should be a good basketball player and, and if the pistons can get that that would be very very helpful for them when they're largely looking at taking a two guard in the draft. Right. So they'll have their one and two and Killian Hayes and a guy like Kate Cunningham, Jalen green, Jalen Suggs, they'll have their three in Sadiq Bay. And then they'll obviously have Jeremy Grant at the four and Isaiah Stewart at the five, but there's no reason that say Kudamboya can't be your three, four off the bench or even through five. He's played a little bit of five this year. I mean, he just, he needs to, he needs to develop because the Pistons would be so much better off for, for having him as a piece moving forward. 
Yes. I think, I think we could both agree with that and, and him, him continuing to improve and show up with the mentality of wanting to improve, I think is important too. Like you said, Saban Lee, you know, second round draft picks, um, showing the heart, showing the, you know, the guts and wanting to get better. The Pistons won't, won't accept laziness. Uh, they, they, they won't accept sort of a, um, uh, lethargic approach to, to getting better. Um, they, they want to make, they want to make, uh, this, this team have an identity that resembles that. And, you know, they're on, they're on the fast track to doing that. They're on the fast track to, you know, to, because I think it also connects with the fans too. I think the fans like to see that too. Pistons fans like, like to see. That's why Isaiah Stewart, this is another thing we talked about with Jasper. That's why Isaiah Stewart like turned into a fan favorite because, you know, he just resembles and embodies, I think, what the ideal Pistons fan likes, which is a tough guy that, you know, can beat the crap out of you and go toe to toe with any other player in the league. He's not scared. And, um, you know, they want, they, they should want, the Pistons should want Seku to have a similar mindset of, of just that go to work to use an old, old term. Yeah. There's no question about it. I mean, and I think Seku has a really weird dynamic because I think, even though I I don't know how weird it is, because I will say, unfortunately, Pistons Twitter has kind of been like this, but it's almost like you either love him or you hate him. And you either believe he's going to develop or you think he's an awful player and he should have been gone way before today. Um, but I, I understand the whole dynamic behind, he was a, he was a lottery level player. Like he should come in. He should be already been playing well. Look at these other guys, this and that. But I always look back at the, the thing that he did not, he, he just started playing basketball. He's coming from another country. Like these are the same struggles that Killian Hayes is having and he's, coming to America from a different league, from a different country. He's not all that confident, kind of like say Kudumboya wasn't all that confident last year in his rookie season. So that's just, I don't know. I kind of give him the benefit of the doubt that that's going to get better. And I, I think Seku can still be a meaningful NBA player. I think he has a whole lot of potential still. I'm not saying he's going to get there because this season again has been rough and even myself, you know, I would have liked to have seen more from him, even though I've given him the benefit of the doubt. But I, I can't see giving up on him, especially when it's not like the Pistons have a bunch of guys that that they're ready to that are ready to play over him or you know have reason to play over him. Yeah, we had mentioned for uh, when Blake Griffin was bought out that now was the moment. You know, it's freed up the power forward spot. And Seku was going to be one of the benefactors uh, for that. And, you know, so far that experience has been, you know, has been okay. Um, and really we should all be about making experiences overall better. And that's where our next sponsor Kanan comes in. They handle outdoor experiences, which obviously does not pertain to going to a Pistons game, but, you know, spring is, I, I think it's here. It's 52 degrees here in Northeast Ohio and raining. So, I mean, I think on the calendar springs here, there's just no way of really knowing when it's actually, actually going to be spring outdoors, but it's time to make your outdoor experiences better 
with Canon. And Canon sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics that make their lenses clearer, lighter, and stronger. And with Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. Use the exclusive code KananCast15. That's K-A-E-N-O-N CAST15 at Kanan.com to receive 15% off on your first pair. Again, that's KananCast, K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5 um, for 15% off on your first pair of glasses. Kanan, clearly better. It's really terrible outside weather-wise, so I'm really looking forward to an opportunity to wear sunglasses for, for anything. That's where I was going with it. You know, I'd love to love to have a nice new pair of sunglasses, but I need the Michigan weather to, to get with that time of the year because it's it's May 6, May 5, and, you know, it's 45 degrees out. I, I don't know what we're doing here. Brutal. I'm ready to put on my bathing suit. I'm ready to go swimming, like, and it's 45 degrees out, and, it, you know, it, it, we're, in, we're in May. Like, what are we doing? Come right. on. I mean, Cedar Point is supposed to be opening up in like three weeks or something. See, that's our nice little meeting halfway point between you and I, between uh, Michigan and Northeast Ohio is Cedar Point. It's about an hour and a half drive from me, and I have no idea what it is from you. That's a fun summer thing. That's where you can take a nice pair of sunglasses, but you know, the weather doesn't really think that um, think that we need it yet, obviously. So have you ever been to Cedar Point? I have been there once. I am not a roller coaster guy. There you go. <laughs> That's not how I would describe myself. You know, I would be the guy to put on my nice pair of Canon sunglasses and just walk around the park, you know, just get some steps in. And and, and everyone else can go to the roller coasters. I'm just going to go there for the trails, you know, walk around, get my steps in, get my exercise in and and call it a day. And look good while protect trail. my eyes from from the sun. Right. Sunglasses. Right. The best pair of sunglasses in the entire amusement park, for sure. Okay. Well, I am I am definitely looking forward to a semblance of summer and being able to go to Cedar Point. Obviously, I was unable to go last year. So that's like one of the, you know, five things to do in the state of Ohio. Just go to Cedar Point. And, you know, I, maybe the other one's the Football Hall of Fame. I don't – I mean, the other three are pretty – oh, the Rock Roll uh, – the uh, Rock Roll Hall of Fame, obviously. So – the other two are probably parks and some other stuff like that. But um, yeah, hopefully we get some summer going and uh, we can uh, enjoy our cane and sunglasses outside um, during those experiences. Okay, let's move on to rookie stagnation, which uh, it's been a little bit of a rough go for Killian Hayes and Isaiah Stewart has cooled off quite a bit. Um, Sadiq Bay continues to be a pretty streaky player, which we kind of envisioned anyway. Uh, do you have any legitimate concerns? Let's start with Sadiq Bay since I think he's shown the most. Do you have any legitimate concerns with Sadiq Bay? Is this a sign of things to come? Is this just a rookie wall? You know, just a, a long season, a long, strange season coming to a close? You know, he has been really, really solid this year. And it just seems like there's games where he just is completely off. You know, he'll shoot two of 12, two of 14, like their Charlotte game. He was two of 12 from the field for seven points, but the last three games before that he had 18 points, 
He had 22 points and he had 26 against Charlotte the night before. Uh, so it, it's just weird. You know, he has those. And I don't know, maybe that is just being a rookie and you don't just have it every night. You got to, you don't have that endurance, that stamina, that, that long season built into you. I'm not concerned about that. Uh, if this is, you know, something that is going on a couple of years from now, well, then maybe we'll know, okay, Sadiq Bay is a streaky player, but he has been streaky this year at times. So overall, he's given you a lot of good performances. The good certainly outweighs the bad with him. And again, he's a rookie. He's 22 years old. Like this is stuff that's going to happen. In fact, you know, he's playing pretty solid basketball as late. He's had his games where he struggled shooting, but it's almost like he's either struggling or he's really on. And most of the time, at least as of late, he's been really, really on. So you just got to continue to, you know, put the ball in his hands, continue to give him the role that, that he has had this year. I mean, it's been so, so good for him. It's going to bode so well for his development and his his future in the league. So I'm, I'm not really concerned about him moving forward with his, you know, a game every once a week or so where he just really struggles to put the ball in the basket. So in Sadiq's last 10 games, and I'm just picking this as an arbitrary number, um, 13.6 points, just under seven boards and just under two assists per game. He's shooting 36% from the floor, 38, almost 39% from deep. That's right around where he's been for the season. Uh, the three point at 36%. I mean, he's shooting 37% for the season, almost 38% from deep for the season. He's shooting 40% from the floor for the year. So, you know, I mean, it's a little, it's a little bit down, but to have a rookie come in and shoot that well from deep, I mean, you're not going to complain about a little bit of a rookie wall. Um, at least I, I certainly won't. You know, he's got a lot of minutes, a lot more minutes than I think we had expected him to get this year. So I agree with you. I'm, I'm not, I'm not very nervous about him at all. It's just sort of one of those, one of those streaks. I mean, the team is terrible in those last ten games. Pistons are two and eight. I mean, it's, it's just a bad team, and he's, he's played a lot, a lot of minutes. Um, it's sort of just going up against Killian Hayes' poor play of late and Isaiah Stewart's poor play of late that's kind of compounding things. Yeah, and Sadiq hasn't even been bad. You know, he'll have the nights where he struggles to score, but more so than not, he's one of your leading scorers. Like I mentioned, the game before Charlotte, he had three in a row, three games in a row where he was rock solid and, and was shooting the ball really well. And right. He gives you other things other than just scoring. Yeah, he rebounds very, very well. In his last six games, he's had seven or more rebounds in all of them. He's a guy that you can trust to defend. You know, he's not going to be an easy guy to score against. So the, the 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 poor shooting night every once in a while, especially for a rookie, like you can certainly, certainly live with that. It's not something that you need to be concerned about whatsoever with a guy that's been so consistent and it's been one of the best rookies in the league this season. So looking, looking to our next rookie, we'll go to Killian Hayes. He's played now in 14 games uh, since coming back from his injury. Um, in those games, he's averaged five points, three rebounds, five assists, 34.7% from the floor. 25% from deep anything from Killian Hayes or are we just kind of happy he's on the court getting some NBA is there anything from him that you're super concerned about 
Um, or is it more just he's getting NBA experience and that's good enough for now since since he came back from the I could care less about the turnover issues. Uh, he's had a combined uh, 16 in his last three games. That doesn't matter to me. It's the lack of willingness to shoot, to attack the rim and go up. That is bothering me. That is concerning to me. His last six games, he's had one game where he's taken double-digit shot opportunities, and he's had zero games where he's made five or more shots. That is a problem because, yes, Killian Hayes is a phenomenal passer. He has elite vision already as a rookie. But teams know that he is going to pass the ball. They can bait him into poor positions on the court, and they know he is not going to shoot. So guess what? All they really have to do is sag a bit and put their hands up because they don't have to close out if he won't shoot the ball. There was a, a, a play against Charlotte on Tuesday where Hayes had a wide-open baseline attack, and he drove towards the basket, and he kicked it out. He has to be willing to take shots. He has to be willing to go up. And he can be the greatest passer in the league, but if he's not willing to shoot, He's not going to be a great enough threat out there. And he does, much like Sadiq Bey, he does other things very well outside of just passing. Like he is a phenomenal defender, both one-on-one and team-wise. He does a great job moving his hands, moving his body, getting his hands in passing lanes, getting his hands on the ball. He's a pretty decent rebounder for, for where he's at. Uh, as, as a rookie, you know, he uses his size well to, to get in into the pain and get rebounds, but he has to also be willing to shoot the basketball and something has to change where it's almost like he's forced to shoot. You know, he had a game uh, back in April against San Antonio where he took 15 shots and he only shot five of 15 from the floor, but I would rather see that than seeing him shoot one of six and one of five. I would rather right. see him shoot five of 15 and actually get aggressive. But over the last couple of weeks, he has been really unaggressive scoring the basketball. After that San Antonio game, like I mentioned, he has one game where he's in double-digit uh, shot attempts. Other than that, it's 0 of 1, 1 of 5, 1 of 6, 3 of 7, and 1 of 6. He has to get more aggressive uh, going at the rim getting better shots, shooting jump shots. There just has to be more of that from him for him to really open his game. And, you know, he was getting to a point uh, back in the middle of April where he was starting to get comfortable and was taking more shot attempts, even if they weren't always going in. But he's just kind of back to that timid, unaggressive, not scared, but he just doesn't desire to shoot. He's got to shoot the basketball. It's just, it's paramount for his development. I think one of the things that could get him going a bit more is being aggressive and getting to the free throw line in those 14 games that I had mentioned, he's only attempted nine free throws and, you know, maybe it's just a, he's 19 and taking contact thing and he's 19 and coming off of an injury type of deal. 
that that he doesn't want to be aggressive in that manner. But he's only attempted nine free throws in the last 15 games. As a point guard, as a quick guy with, like like you said, good passing instincts, you know, that should that should you know, force other teams to, you know, think a little bit if he's going to drive to the rim, if he's going to kick it out you know, or find someone in the dunker spot or what have you. But he, he does not get to the rim that often. He is shooting the ball pretty poorly. And, you know, we mentioned this several times in past podcasts. He just sometimes does not know what to do once he gets into the paint. Um, that scenario that you mentioned in Charlotte where, you know, he kicks it out after having a nice wide open lane. You know, he gets into the paint, gets into a spot where he should be able to put up a shot, and he's just not able to. Um, he does have a turnover percentage of 26% in his last 14 games. It's pretty – that's pretty high. Um, <laughs> he had a turnover percentage of 41.2% against the Hornets. So it's pretty high. But, again, the turnovers, it's, it's, not, it's not important right now. He's still trying to figure out – passing lanes at the NBA level. He's still trying to figure out. Cutting tendencies. Uh, but you are right. It's pretty poor. I did not realize that he's in the last 14 games. He's only got four games where uh, he's even shooting. You know, you had mentioned the turnovers and he does have a turnover percentage, 26%. And he had a 41% turnover percentage against the Hornets, which, I mean, that's real bad. Um, but again, he's still kind of figuring out passing lanes. He's figuring out tendencies of his teammates and how they cut. So I'm willing to forgive that. But the scenario that you mentioned against the Hornets where he had a wide open lane and just just didn't take the shot, he kicked it out instead, that's, that's stuff that I hope will, you know, be grown out. Like he'll just grow out of it eventually. And maybe it's a young guy who is you know, recovering from a pretty serious hip injury that normally sidelines guys a little bit longer um, and not wanting to take contact. But, you know, that, that coupled with not getting to the free throw line, it's really going to limit him because like you said, teams can just sag off of him and not really worry. And the Pistons don't have enough shooters right now to allow that to happen. Um, Killian Hayes has to be more of a threat, even just getting to the basket, you know, forcing teams to, you know, to scramble because he's quick enough to get into the paint, into the lane, you know, forcing teams to scramble a bit is, is, is good enough. But right now they don't even have to do that as much. Yeah. And again, like this kind of goes back to say and Boya. I'm not all that worried about him in his rookie season. It's going to take time. It's going to take development. Killian Hayes is very, very young. But at the same time, there are some things that he can certainly start doing more of that, that doesn't take necessarily development. It just takes like a different level of aggressiveness and willingness. And that's something that I very much think he needs to start doing now before the end of the season much like Sekou, to take that into his offseason and see what he excels at, what he needs to work on, what he needs to improve upon to make him a better player. And it's that aggressiveness that, that I think is going to be important because his, his defensive metrics do look pretty good. Um, he's got pretty active hands. He, he plays 
good help defense, you know, all that stuff is good. And typically for rookies, that stuff is not very good. Um, so to have that is pretty nice. I'm a pretty big proponent of the shot will fall eventually. Um, and, you know, trusting in the, in the mechanics over time, he's also 19. I mean, I don't want to blow this too, too far out of proportion, but yeah, he's going to have an interesting off season, you know, ideally a nice healthy off season where he can spend some time, you know, focusing on being more aggressive and of course, working on his jump shot. Um, so, you know, overall, are you currently worried about Killian Hayes or is this just sort of a rookie wall? No, I'm not worried. I think it's just a rookie being a rookie and obviously Killian Hayes has not had the rookie season that most have had. He obviously missed a lot, a lot of time and the Pistons have been very, very cautious with him, but this is simply just a rookie being a rookie. He's not you know, it's not like this is something that he is in year three, year four, and this is a problem. This is, he's played 20 games of an NBA career so far. So I'm not, you know, oh, this is a boss pick. This is a bad pick. Like this is, it's just, it's just a rookie situation that right. hopefully gets better. So let's move on to our third rookie. And that's Isaiah Stewart over his last 10 games. He, is averaging 11 points per game, eight boards. He's shooting 52% from the floor. Again, pretty strong defensive metrics. He's got a good block percentage. Um, another good young rookie uh, hitting a little bit of a rookie wall. Aaron, are, are, are you concerned at all about Isaiah Stewart's last 10 games? Yeah, and I like Isaiah Stewart. Uh, I think I have some long-term reservations about him. I just don't know size-wise if he is going to be a legitimate starting center against all the different top players in the league, whether it be him getting switched out onto guards or him having to defend elite centers like Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid, players of that nature. But overall, he has had a phenomenal rookie season. He's right there with Sadiq Bey in terms of impressiveness. Over his last five or five or so games, he has struggled a little bit. He did have a really nice game against Dallas where he finished with a double-double at 20 points and 10 rebounds. But outside of that, he has struggled uh, specifically against Charlotte. He has had a couple of rough games against them. I, I think for him, he has hit a little bit of that rookie wall. He just looks a lot more frustrated out there right now when things aren't going his way. You know, he's taken a lot of hits. He's gotten into some foul trouble. Uh, I think this has been a bit of a rookie wall for him, but it's not something that I'm overall concerned about. You know, this is a player that is, in general, relatively productive. He's had some big games as a rookie, and, you know, the lack of scoring isn't the end of the world, but the fo early foul trouble, getting into foul trouble, something that really – hasn't been too much of a problem for him this year. I mean, you think back to, to Andre Drummond and, and his rookie season, that was, a, 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 you know, a problem getting into foul trouble early on, you know, that's something that's been more of a problem for him over about the last six or so games. Um, but 
it is a bit of a rookie wall for Stewart right now. Overall, though, it's not something that I'm I'm super concerned about or think it's a, a long-term problem. Like he has played a lot of minutes. He has had a, a probably a bigger role than anyone could have anticipated for him. And he has largely performed very, very well. So not concerned about him. Yeah, he wears his emotions on his sleeve. He gets into foul trouble. Those are things that we've seen all like basically all season. Um, do you so this this actually works very nicely into our last topic. Um, for some of these frustrations with that the rookies are having, you know, should the veterans come back for the last six games or so? Um, Jeremy Grant is coming back against the 76ers. Mason Plumley is sat. Wayne Ellington is sat. Corey Joseph has sat. And Rodney McCruder has also been on the bench. Should those veterans return? You know, I was kind of on the fence of like, eh, just let the young guys play. But I think you bring up a good point of some of the rookies being frustrated might not be a bad idea to spell them a little bit with some of these, some of these vets. Yeah. And, and I don't, I don't think it's a bad idea to bring some of these guys back and, and maybe it's just get them in here for a game or two, just again, to reset the team, stabilize them for a game or two, take some of the pressure off of the rookies, bringing guys like Jeremy back, bringing obviously your go-to scorer, bringing Mason Plumley back, letting Stewart come off the bench for a couple games. Like, I think that would be a, a fine move. And I get you're trying to tank. Like, uh, but I, again, I like get the same point. You're probably not beating Philadelphia at full strength. So and I think on Saturday, if the Pistons want to roll out Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumley and Corey Joseph, like, I think that would be a good idea because they're going to get slashed by the Sixers either way. Let them go out there for a game, be out there, settle, you know, settle and, and put the rookies in less of a tough spot. I, I think that would be, you know, a, a good decision. Yeah, I think so too. And it was just kind of nice that I think it was Woj who broke it that said uh, Piston star Jeremy Grant is going to come back. That was, that was kind of a nice, a nice, uh, a nice thing to read because the team is obviously a lot more fun when he, he is on the floor and scoring. Yeah, I, I honestly don't think that bringing the vets back is is that bad of an idea, even though the Pistons are in an epic tank fest. Um, I don't think – there are only two winnable games I saw the rest of the way. That was against the Minnesota Timberwolves, who are actually playing okay, and the Chicago Bulls, who are going to get Zach Levine back now. So, you know, that, that game is a little bit less winnable. Um, yeah, I don't have any reservations or – I'm not opposed to bringing the veterans back. I, I, it's, it's nice because we're going to, we're going to wish that we could watch Jeremy Grant score um, in the next couple of weeks. And we're, we only have six games left. So should enjoy these final six games before the season ends. And we turn our um, attention over to the draft. Yeah. I, I don't think, I don't think they need to play in every game the rest of the way. Uh, I know just getting them back for, for two, maybe three games. I think that would be – I just think I, – I, I would be okay with that. I think it's, a, it's just a good way to allow the, 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 the young guys who have been playing so much and have had so much of a burden just an opportunity to play in a little bit of a different role. Maybe it slows the game down for them a little bit. Because as important as it is to get a, a top pick, like you also still have a lot of young guys on your team that you would like to be playing for you down the line and – you, they're going to be young players for you down the line as long as they develop. And they're not always going to develop by getting slashed by 30 points or, or 20 points and, and having really bad games like 
Killian and Stewart have had, you know, against Charlotte and, and things of that nature. So getting some different guys out there and letting them play in different roles and playing with different guys that can facilitate or, or play better with them. It just makes sense. Yeah. I think we're both in agreement uh, there. So Aaron, that was all our topics. We have not had three topics in quite a while. Um, that may be our first three topic podcast in probably a month. Yeah, it's, it's been a minute. It's slowed down a little bit, but you know, there's going to be so much stuff to talk about in the off season with these guys and Troy Weaver is going to make so many different moves and the draft is going to be such a large discussion that yeah. we have a lot of topics to discuss. I thought we should start getting back into the swing of having three to work with. So Aaron, we're going to have to get into draft talk eventually. I keep saying this every week, we put it off further and further, but now with 11 days left in the season, um, we're going to have to start to really think about the draft. So um, in, we should enjoy this non-draft season because I hate mock drafts and I hate hypotheticals um, with passion because everybody ha- has an opinion. Same thing with NBA award season. I just, I, I just can't stand it. Every podcast is going to be talking about NBA award season. Um, and, and every podcast is going to be talking about NBA draft season. And that's going to be us. We're going to have to talk about, um, the draft. Any closing thoughts on any of our three topics? I, I just wouldn't really be worried with any of the players we discussed outside of maybe Seku, but I'm still, you know, giving him time. Uh, the rookies, on the other hand, like absolutely, there's going to be poor games, poor stretches. It's part of the development circuit. Any coach, any player would tell you that much. So, you know, I, I think for as long of a season, as much of a losing season as this has been, it's, it's, it's a pretty nice spot for the Pistons to be in, to have all these, these prospects that are, are, are developing and look like they're going to be pieces moving forward for them while knowing that they're going to add probably two to three more of those in the draft this summer. Yep. And that's a nice positive way to end this podcast. Um, we'd like to thank our sponsors again, bet online, uh, of course. Uh, and then Kanan, uh, as well, hopefully you can not only bring some sunglasses, you can bring some sun. Um, so with that, uh, we're going to call it a wrap on this one. Thank you very much for listening, Pistons fans. Um, again, this is the Palace of Pistons podcast, and we will see you all later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.